Today, we're talking about routing and switching, starting with layer one of the OSI model. Let's dig in. Just kidding. I don't know anything about that kind of networking, but we are talking about networking today. Networking is a really great opportunity to meet new people in the same industry, learn new skills, and develop your career. This week, we're talking all things networking, why we network, how to network, and what to do if you're really not that into networking. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Allie. And I'm Emma, and we're debugging the tech industry. Pindo UI is a top-quality commercial UI and data visualization component library for JavaScript developers. With dozens of professional UI components for Angular, React, Vue, and jQuery ready to use out of the box, you can quickly build polished, high-performance responsive web apps with your technology of choice. Kendo UI's feature-rich components can extend and augment any existing UI stack and can be easily customized to meet your specific requirements. The library's advanced functionality, including accessibility compliance, make Kendo UI the perfect suite to standardize on and remove much of the complexity of working with multiple UI solutions. To learn more, visit progress.co slash ladybug. That's P-R-G-R-E-S-S dot C-O slash ladybug. Okay, so let's just talk about how we prefer to network first before we dig into like why networking is important and stuff. What is your favorite way to network? I primarily network through Twitter. I have a very active LinkedIn account with 2,000 pending requests in my inbox that I am putting off. So popular. But what I find, I'm at the point with my LinkedIn where I have gotten recruiter messages through there. I think that's how I found my job at LogMeIn. But unfortunately, now it's just so chaotic with all these connections with people that I don't actually know. And so I'm kind of like, hmm, well, maybe this isn't the best place to network. And that's why I primarily use Twitter. Actually, the Spotify job that I've just accepted, I was referred internally through an engineering manager through Twitter. It's a really great way to network. And I also, that's how I got my Google interview as well. So that's my primary method of networking. What about you, Allie? Um, I would probably agree with Twitter, but also in-person meetups. I think that those have also been really pivotal for me. Um, And then, of course, conferences, too. End up at a lot of those. But I think most success on Twitter. That being said, I think my most success as far as getting jobs has been networking with people at previous jobs. I've gotten most of my jobs through former coworkers that have moved on to other companies and then me following them. So, yeah. That's useful. So be nice to your coworkers. Yeah, be nice to your coworkers. Network with them. You're already there with them all day, every day. So may as well make friends with them, right? Exactly. Kelly, how about you? So I do some networking through Twitter, um, especially like in the Shopify community. I am currently working on building my LinkedIn following. I'm posting a lot on there. It's, you know, it's more businessy. And since I run a business, I guess I figure it's probably an okay place to spend some time. Um, still getting over using hashtags on LinkedIn. I've had people call me out for not using hashtags on my LinkedIn post saying, you'll get so much more engagement with them. I'm like, I hate hashtags. And I think I just hate them because of Twitter. Um, anyway, that's a tangent. Uh, and then uh, conferences for me. So uh, specifically Shopify related conferences. I'm not really big on like general tech meetups. 
Yeah, really quickly. I know this wasn't something we necessarily planned to talk about. So this is a little bit off the cuff, but I want to discuss really quickly, maybe some of the problems with networking sites like LinkedIn. Um, I really like LinkedIn. I've worked with them as a company. I created a course on LinkedIn learning and they're all fantastic, but I do see several problems with the community on their platform. Um, You know, a lot of times as a woman, I have been flirted with on these platforms. I've been contacted for personal reasons that weren't professional. Not lots. I don't want to say a lot, but I have had multiple instances where I've gotten messages from people that were purely inappropriate for a networking platform and a professional network. And so how do we, like their code of conduct doesn't seem to be, at least I haven't seen it happen where they're very actively trying to get people off of the site who are abusing the the terms and services. Have you run into those types of situations? Absolutely. Especially on, especially the more that I post on LinkedIn, um, people can get real weird real fast. Um, I'm really good at blocking people on LinkedIn. I'm really good at ignoring people's messages on LinkedIn. I have to because because of the position I'm in, like running an agency, I am constantly receiving messages from people promoting their app like, let's partner, or um, I would like you to outsource work to me. I get that one a lot. Yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't keep up with it. And I've had people even tell me that it's rude to ignore them. And I'm like, if I spent all my time responding to all these outsourcing requests that I get, I would literally have to outsource work to them because I wouldn't get anything done. Yeah. Plus, it's just spam. How is that rude to ignore them? I mean, we're not ignoring them. We're prioritizing other things over it. I think there's a difference. It's not like I'm actively reading your message and being like, I'm actually like, no, this is terrible. I'm not going to respond to you. It's just like, well, we need to prioritize our yeah, <laughs> what we can respond to and what we can't. I also find it's kind of spammy, I've noticed. Like, if you update anything on your profile uh, regarding a job, like, we had just added the Ladybug podcast to LinkedIn, and Kelly immediately got, like, 15 I'm notifications saying, them. like, congrats on the new job. And it's like, ugh, I hate those auto responses that make it super easy for people to just spam you, essentially. Especially once you get into, like, hundreds and thousands of LinkedIn connections, it becomes really overwhelming. And that's – I simply just don't use that much anymore. Yeah, I also think that the quality of posts on LinkedIn, for me personally, I don't enjoy it. I feel like they are very self-promotional for the most part. Yeah, And we call them broetry. There was this BuzzFeed article about broetry on LinkedIn. And it's this very formulaic model that a lot of people follow for their LinkedIn posts of these like melodramatic stories and how they overcame what they overcame. And it's just like, oh my goodness, like, please just post something that's not about you for once. It feels self-centered to me. And so I tend to stay off of LinkedIn. I check my messages sometimes and uh, connect with my former students, but LinkedIn is not my place. So to be perfectly honest, I... So I steer away from those types of sites for any type of meaningful networking simply because I don't feel like it's a way to establish a meaningful connection to someone. So for me personally, the best connections I've made with people are just by getting to know them on a human level, not inappropriately, not like crossing boundaries in terms of me 
you know, saying too much about myself from a personal perspective, but just forming that connection with someone like, oh, I see you work in Stockholm. Like, let's take the example of how I got my job, right? This engineering manager just reached out. He said, hey, I have a job you might be interested in. And then we just kept, we kept talking and I wasn't ready to move to Stockholm at that point. It was a year, a year ago, actually. And I pulled out of the interview process, but you know, we kept a nice conversation. Like I got to know Sean, um, on like, a, like a shallow personal level. That sounds bad. It's not like we're best friends, but we did get to know each other as people. And then when the time came back around where I was ready to reach out to him, that was a network I was able to tap into. Um, and so for me, I don't think these superficial professional posts, the self-promotional posts are the way to go, in my opinion, based on my experiences. For me, I like to actually just get to know people through their work, for example, if you post blogs um, or through your YouTube channel or things like that where I can get to know you as a person. I'm more apt to help you if I know you as a person and value you as a human than through these promotional posts. And I will also say that a lot of these problems are problems in person, too, of the people... um, at meetups who hit on you instead of asking your technical opinion or talking about technical things. Like, that's (laughs) very much a thing, especially after you speak. And then it's also kind of a thing that some people are only focused on themselves and promotion. And there's a meetup in D.C. that I went to once, and it was all people who were just talking about their thing that they were pitching or their early stage startup and it was just exhausting. And so I never went back. So I think depending on the social search situation, this is something that can happen in person too. It's just exacerbated online. I think part of the in-person anxiety I have about networking, because I do get very socially anxious. So I'm an introvert in a sense. I come across as very outgoing, but for me, talking with people drains my energy, depletes it. I don't gain energy from speaking with people. And so networking is really difficult for me. It's something I actively have to choose to do. But why am I, there are really two reasons I'm afraid of networking. The first being, yeah, as a woman, I do get hit on in professional settings and I don't appreciate that. We want to feel safe in a safe space where we can simply just talk about work or about our technical skills. Um, But the second is this imbalance of a relationship. So when I network with someone, I want a symbiotic relationship. We both should be getting something out of this, not transaction, um, but out of this relationship essentially. But a lot of times, I don't know about you both, but I've had people who all they want is something from me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so one-sided. And that's something else I'm scared of, especially once you start gaining a following on the internet. Um, And this goes for... (laughs) people in your life, but it also goes for the company you work for and all those kinds of things. Once you start gaining a following, people look at you differently. They treat Mm -hmm. you differently. They all of a sudden want to be your quote unquote friend because they reap the benefits of your network when they do so. Um, And this is really difficult for me. Yeah. And there are people that I'm willing to lend that to, like my former students. And um, there are people that I really care about and for the most part would vouch for in a professional setting because I worked with them in a professional setting. But then there are people who cold DM you on Twitter, like, promote my thing for me. And they don't even say please or anything like that. It's just promote my thing. And it's like... And they don't even follow yeah, you. Yeah, they don't even... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't even follow you. And it's like, um, no, that's not how that works. Like, know. you know, that's a huge amount of value to me. And it's going to annoy my followers to spam them with something. So, yeah, it's disappointing. It's kind of... One of those things that's a hard side of humanity that you see when you get a bigger following. I do want to talk about some of the positives that can come out of networking as well. Yeah, Because we're getting super <laughs> negative here. 
Um, so, you know, why is networking important? Like, why why is it beneficial? First off, you can develop and improve your skill set. Things like meetups and conferences, speaking at the conferences, um, listening to other conference talks or meetup talks. You can learn a lot when you're networking and just talking to other people in various industries. Uh, you can stay on top of whatever is happening in the industry as well. Um, you can keep a pulse on the job market. You know, like Emma said, networking, that's, that's what led her to her new job. And same with Allie. That's what, you know, following her uh, her previous co-workers to, to new positions as well. Uh, you can meet your prospective mentors or your next boss, once again, um, especially at a meetup, you know, just talking to somebody in who, you know, maybe they work for Google and they're like, oh, here's all my really cool experience working for Google or here's my really honest experience working for the company I'm currently working for. And I honestly don't really like it. So, you know, it's these kinds of conversations that can come from networking that are really, really beneficial. Definitely. I think, too, you know, the point of using networking to develop your career. When we say career, I want to be very clear that this is not just your nine to five job. If you have a nine to five job, yes, it's your primary source of income in general. Um, It's what you would consider yourself. Like when people ask me, oh, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm a software engineer. Log me in. That's my my primary job. But your career encompasses so much more than that. It can be if you develop courses externally for other, like for Egghead or for Vernon Masters, or if you blog, or if you create a podcast, like these are all part of your career. So don't box yourself into this idea that just developing your career has to do with your, your nine to five job. It can also do with all these different side projects. Like, um, I've been very vocal about the fact that I'm paying off a ton of medical debt at the moment. And I have an absurd amount of side projects that have come as a result of networking. You know, I've got to create these courses with LinkedIn in front of masters and work with Stack Overflow and do all these really, really cool things because of my networking and my personal brand online. So these are things that you can absolutely do as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think another one that we may have missed is that um, you can make friends with similar interests to you too. Having you all as friends is great because we all are software engineers and all in the same field. And that's something that you can do through networking is find other people who have those similar interests to you. And so many of my friends work in this industry. And so that's nice to have too, even outside of a professional escalation or anything like that. I completely agree. It's funny because we started this podcast before we were even really friends with each other. Like we were friendly, but I wouldn't say we were like best friends. And then you know what? It's over a year later. I still hate like them. look what our network <laughs> Kelly. Oh, <God. laughs> Rude. Um, but no, to Ali's point, yeah, if you are struggling, so let's say you are not in a work culture where there are people who look like you or come from a similar background as you. Like I'm not currently in a place where there are a ton of a lot of female engineers at the moment. Well, I can go network with people digitally and make friends with people like me or even better who are unlike me, right? Because we don't want to surround ourselves with just the same cookie cutter version of ourselves. We want to actually challenge ourselves to find a diverse network, surround yourself with people who are different than you because they challenge you and they teach you the hard lessons in life that you otherwise would not get to experience. So that's just something I wanted to to say, but I think this kind of leads us into this idea of what about people listening who don't have the privilege of getting out of the house to network, people with kids, people taking care of sick or elderly family members, um, people without the money to go attend conferences or live in rural areas. How can we, like, what kinds of tips can we give those people to network where they don't miss out, they still reap all the benefits, but they can do so with 
the time that they have and the amount of energy they have to dedicate to it. I think it all goes back to to digital networking. You don't have to do face-to-face networking. And I think it's also important to note that you don't have, like networking is not a requirement for job success. Mm -hmm. So if it is something you just flat out don't like doing, or it's something that, you know, you're just unable to do for for any given reason, it's not going to prevent you from having an an incredible career. Yeah. Or networking during your workday too, of making solid connections with colleagues, with people that you maybe don't always talk to, people off of your team, maybe going to event internally at your company. That doesn't take any time away from anything but your workday, really. Um, you don't need to spend additional time away from your family or anything like that to do that. So I think that that's a really good idea as well. And also, I will say, as far as the rural thing goes, I grew up super, 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 super rural. And when I was in New Hampshire visiting my parents, I actually learned that there are JavaScript meetups, multiple within a relatively quick radius of there. So you'll be surprised, even if you do live in a rural area and think that there's definitely no developer meetups near you, still check because there might be a couple in a small size city near you. You can even start like an impromptu meetup on your own. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to, and, and that's one thing that's important. Like if you, if there's nothing around you, but you want to start something, you don't have to do like a formal production here in order to have like a conference. You know, you can literally just be, let's get together and have a drink and discuss JavaScript. You know, it doesn't have to be anything super formal. Oh, I was just going to mention what we do for our meetup because I help organize a Carlsberg.js meetup here. What we do is we reach out to local businesses or people that we leads our network and reach out to people who are JavaScript developers and say, hey, would your company be interested in sponsoring one of our events? All you need to do is order pizza or order some kind of uh, intermission food. And that's it. You can plug your company if you have any openings and things like that. And people are absolutely willing to do that. So if you are looking to start something local, reach out to these businesses, you know, go to your local coffee shops and say, hey, like, would you be willing to provide us some food or at least a discount? Um, And we will advertise you actively. And I think we discussed some um, some specifics of how we can network. You know, you can use Twitter, you can use LinkedIn, attend conferences or meetups. Just a couple others. I've met people at coffee shops, like unintentionally, it wasn't an arranged meetup. We just happened to be sitting at the same community table and we got to talking. And now we're connected on LinkedIn and we can continue the conversation. Uh, so, you know, impromptu, you know, conversations you have with random strangers. I talk to strangers. My mom would be very disappointed in me. Um, The last one I would mention is Slack organizations. So there is a Slack app called Donut um, that automatically assigns you as some other person in the Slack org each week. And it just introduces the two of you so you can have a conversation and get to know each other. Um, The Shopify Partners Slack group does this. And I think it's, I think it's super cool. That's awesome. That's a huge one. Even most meetup groups have a Slack group associated with them. So if you're in DC, for example, there's the DC Tech Slack, and there's the Women Who Code DC Slack. And even if you don't go to any of the meetups, those Slack organizations are also just so valuable to be in. They have jobs channels. They have channels where you can ask and answer technical questions, and you can just make friends and direct message people, have a direct line to communicate with them. So I think that that's a really, really great one to mention as well. I think it's also important just to say, like, as much as I admire Kelly's ability to talk to a fence post, I... (laughs) 
I, <laughs> it sounds mean. I didn't mean it in a mean way. I'm just socially awkward. Um, I struggle to talk to new people. Like some days I'm really outgoing and we'll just spin up a conversation with someone. But in all honesty, a lot of times I avoid eye contact. I avoid talking with other people because I have a lot of social anxiety. And so if that's you, you, that's okay. Like you can still network. And that's why I think digital networking is such a benefit to introverts and other people with social anxiety, because you can network on your own terms. If you're uncomfortable in a, um, like a conversation, you can leave versus in person. It's a lot more difficult to do that. So if you're struggling with those types of anxieties, like I am, I would highly recommend digital networking. Um, we did actually do an episode about building your brand. I can't remember what it was called, but we discussed all these things that we do online, whether it's through our Twitter, whether it's through our portfolios or our blogs or whatever, um, to build our brand. And that's also a really great way to network because people will see the work that you're doing and your mission statement, essentially, and they will reach out to you actively if they um, if they agree or if they want to be part of it. So if you are putting yourself out there, people generally will come find you. Absolutely. Sure. It's called personal branding. Very original. Oh. <laughs> I like how one of our first episodes we had like a really great title of like how the ladybugs got their spots. And then we were like, okay, we're going to keep doing cute titles. And now it's just like networking, personal branding. <laughs> <laughs> We've that, gotten okay. super lazy with it, but that's okay because the content is what we're there for. For show, for show. Should we talk about some tips for networking? Yeah. First of all, I want to bring up a good example when it comes to nurturing your relationships. Um, so there's this Forbes article uh, written by Tom Farley, the former president of the New York Stock Exchange, about how every um, every connection, like every job he's ever gotten, he can attribute back to networking. And he talks about nurturing relationships and how important it is, specifically with talking to uh, Jeff Sprecher, who is the CEO of the Intercontinental Exchange, who owns the New York Stock Exchange. Um, it was like seven years before uh, ICE had bought uh, the, the New York Board of Trade, New York Stock Exchange. And he, like the two of them met, and there was absolutely no reason for them to actually be talking like, there was no job opportunity there or anything, but he just, like, kept on emailing Jeff and uh, having phone calls with Jeff and kept up that relationship. And then five years later, he would, like, uh, I spot the New York Board of Trade. And then two years later, after that, he was asked to be the president of the New York Stock Exchange. Like, that's a pretty big deal. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I, and, like, this whole, like, that seems so unachievable to just anyone listening to this. But I think... I don't want this to sound conceited because I don't mean it this way. But if you take a look at my the timeline of how I built my network, especially on Twitter, I just hit 100,000 followers. And a year and four months ago, I had 200. Um, and I, <laughs> I spent an absurd amount of time <laughs> blogging and being on the internet. I think I spent like six hours a day doing it. It was a full-time job. But you can do it. I will say two things. One, it takes a lot of work to do it. Uh, and two, it does typically take a lot longer than it took me. However, if you are really invested in growing your network, go for it. You can absolutely do it. I have a blog post called, I think it's called How I Gained 65,000 Followers in like a Year. I think that's what I called it. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, that kind of breaks down my analytics and gives some tips into how I think, what I think I did that made an actual difference. Um, but yeah, again, some of that is due to the fact of 
you know, the fact that I am a woman or whatever, like some of it is circumstantial. But that being said, with producing content consistently and with being very actively, with being very actively engaged, with engaging people actively, (laughs) my English is totally deteriorating the more countries I move to. Um, The more active you are with people responding, liking their responses, you're definitely going to get more engagement. You're definitely going to be able to expand your network and hopefully get job interviews if that's something you're looking for. Absolutely. And I think there are also a couple other posts on on, uh, Dev2 about um, networking on Twitter and building an audience on Twitter as well. But that's a whole personal brand episode. So if you're planning to expand your network, one tip I have is to be easy to connect with or contact. So like claim all of the domains, claim the Twitter handle, have all the same handles and on social medias, it's going to help you. So your LinkedIn extension, if you match that with your Twitter handle and your Instagram handle or whatever else you use for professional networking, that's going to be really, really great. I also... What something I've started doing is taking all my social media sites, ones that I had previously used just for personal things like Facebook. Um, I'm now turning those into more professional networking sites like Instagram. Uh, it's really hard to separate work and and personal life once you start gaining some following. Uh, people still want to actively friend you on Facebook. They want to follow you on Instagram. So for me, I've kind of decided to turn those into more business profiles. But yeah, claiming the same handle on all sites makes your SEO better. Uh, it makes it easier to give someone your contact information if you can just give them one handle and it propagates to all the different sites. So that's one of the tips that I have. I'm pretty sure all of my handles are different. Oh, really? Instagram is Taproom Kelly. Uh, Twitter is KVLLY. LinkedIn is Kelly Vaughn. Facebook is my name is Kelly. Every single one is different. I just realized this. That's so funny. <laughs> well, that's why you don't have any followers. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll just change my Twitter handle. No, I'm not. I'm never changing it. I'm going to be Cavelli forever. Cavelli. My Instagram is different because originally my personal private Instagram was my handle that I use on public social media, but I changed that because I didn't want people following me on <laughs> my personal Instagram. So maybe I can change my professional one right now. I'm going to check. This is making me think. While Ali is checking that, um, another good tip is to do your homework. If there are specific people that you're interested in reaching out to, maybe they work for a certain company you want to work for, or you're interested in just their career path, do your homework on them. Like find out, you know, their previous, uh, you know, some of the things that they've done, some of the things that they're interested in, in not a uh, stalking way. I'm, I'm really distracted by MS Cat right now. <laughs> should we I feel like we should post a picture on our website of our Zoom chat because every every time we record my cat is just like a little it's baby. So cute. In any case. But anyway, uh if you've got pets, love them. Um <laughs> moral of the story. Allie, what what tip do you have for Yeah, I think along with do your homework is do your homework before reaching out to somebody too. So if you are reaching out to somebody with a junior Java job in um, Little Rock, Arkansas, maybe don't respond or don't cold reach out to a senior software engineer in New York City. You just might have better luck if you like tailor who you're reaching out to. Um, I think we see that a lot with Uh, the recruiters where it's a number game. But I also see it with people trying to network on Twitter where they're like, will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentor? I want to learn how to do Java, which I don't do Java. Um, Tons of things like that where it's clearly not 
tailored. And it makes me just not want to read really any messages, period, to be to be blunt. And that sounds awful, but it's just kind of exhausting. And it's like, okay, nobody's actually putting any effort in. It's just a numbers game. Um, so I do try to respond to people who really personalize their message, but not even the best at that, to be honest. But um, make sure that you're doing your homework on who you're reaching out to and not reaching out to people with completely opposite backgrounds than what you're looking for. I completely agree. I think, too, it's really important to be mindful of everyone's time and be respectful of yeah. everyone's time. So if you're planning to ask someone for something, A, either offer them something in return that potentially will benefit them, and B, come to them with a list of action items that you want to accomplish during meeting with them or something like if you're planning to schedule like a meeting with them try to keep it as short as possible 30 start with 30 minutes and if you need more add 15 minute or 10 minute increments like don't just book an hour of their time but also send them an agenda ahead of time like have things that you need to cover so you're making the most out of all of your time for sure. I'd also recommend reaching outside of your network. So you don't have to network with people only in software engineering, for example. You can network with people in any field whatsoever. You never know who it is that they know. You never know, um, you know, maybe they happen to be some, like interested in making a career switch. Or maybe you just both like playing, I don't know, baseball. and Fortnite. Or playing Fortnite. There we go. That's more relevant. Um, nobody's playing baseball right now. Um and you know, it just it's a it's a good opportunity to to get different opinions from sticking inside the silo that is your career, your life, your interests. One that I really like is to find a buddy to go to events with, especially as a woman. It can be kind of intimidating to go to these networking events, and um, there are some people who are very creepy at them. Those people are the outliers, I will say that, but um, it definitely is something that happens. And so if you feel like that might be something that might happen to you, having somebody to go to events with makes it so much better. And then you can have some sort of signal like, get me out of this conversation, come save me. I do that with my friends. Um, I don't want to be talking about this. Anyways, I'm thinking about a really gross <laughs> meetup conversation that some dude had with me. Um but it also just makes it more comfortable, too. Like, you know that you have somebody to talk to. You're not just going to be an island. You're not going to be this person who's standing by yourself the whole entire time. You're going to have at least somebody to network with. And for me, that makes it so much easier to meet more people if I have somebody who I feel comfortable with that I can at least start the conversation with. This is what I do at parties. I don't go to parties. Well, I don't go to parties, full stop. <laughs> but if I do... Uh, I always bring a networking. Yeah. Meeting. Oh, totally agree. Like have to at least have one very close friend there or else it's not, not worth it. Or I like, I'm like a stage four clinger. Yeah. Or I'll make sure that to have a friend, like get ready or pregame beforehand. So then we can go together. I love it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so after you actually do network with people, what 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 next? Kelly, what would you recommend after networking with someone? Follow up with them. Continue having a conversation. Get a tattoo of their name on your <laughs> That's body. That's the only way I remember or... people's names is I my Perfect. arm is just like tattoos of people. And then I just get like the, the white tattoos after that and then the black tattoos over that. And now my arm is just an arm. Um, yeah. Um, I'm very confused. I'm too. 
I lost my my train of thought there. No, I mean it's really important to continue uh, following up with the people you meet when you when you're going to a meetup because you're probably meeting a fair number of people. They're probably meeting a fair number of people. Um, we're not necessarily in an age where we're all sharing business cards anymore. Um, there are definitely still people who who have business cards, but I think there's a um, an eco friendly uh, component to it where people are starting to go digital with their information. So, you know, sharing uh, social media accounts really is a it's an easy way to network. Um, you know, just following up afterwards, like the next day, saying like, "Hey, it was really great to meet you. Really enjoyed talking to you." And then, if you have any anything of interest that you want to ask them afterwards, like that's when you can, you know, schedule another meeting with them um, to continue the conversation. Any other tips that y'all have for networking? Don't be afraid to step outside your comfort zone. And this can very much mean that you want to network with somebody who is the CEO of a company or like higher up. Um, you can form some really great, you know, relationships with people who maybe have, you know, a, a C-suite job or a VP level job, um, who you can learn a lot from and they can learn a lot from you. Um, the worst that people are going to say is either no or say absolutely nothing and just ignore you. So maybe it could take yeah. like a small hit to your ego if you don't hear back from them. But there are a lot of really nice people out there who are more than happy to share what they know. Yeah. And even if they don't respond, it's probably not personal. It's probably just that they get overloaded. Unless it's Emma who's reaching out. Then it's personal. Yeah. <sighs> Gross. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Yeah, I I definitely think this, and this is kind of a tangent, but we talked about this in our episode with Kim Maida, um, about this hero worship kind of a thing where like you see people in the industry that you look up to, maybe you want to network with them, but you see them as being on like a different level than you. And I think we forget that at the end of the day, we're all just people. Yeah, to Kelly's point, some people might not have the bandwidth to be able to respond to you. Um, but you have nothing to lose by putting yourself out there. If you're respectful of their time, but also with the language that you use and, and all of those kinds of things, um, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Just, um, yeah, be respectful, choose professional language. Um, don't send them 15 follow-up messages if they don't respond with question marks. Um, at the end of the day, like, just go for it. And if they respond, awesome. And if they don't, You've lost nothing. Awesome. Any any final tips before we close out? I mean, I'm a little sad we didn't get to talk about actual networks. I was really looking forward to talking about buses. We should do like a guest episode on computer networking because I know nothing about it. But Julia Evans, um, like she goes by Bork online. She has some really, really great like zines on it, which are fascinating, but I still don't yeah. really fully understand. So that would be a cool episode. I agree. I think it's, it, I know like my husband took the you know, CCENT, CCNA certifications. And so I've watched him study for, you know, the networking exams or certifications or whatever. At one point, we had this giant thing in our house that had, like, routers and switches connected to it. And I'm totally going to be butchering whatever's what. But all I know is that it was huge and it was really noisy. Um, it is no longer in our house anymore. I think he sold it to somebody else who was wanting to study for the the networking exams. But I think it'd be super interesting to learn more about it because I think there's a lot of things that cross over into the software engineering land um, that – that we could definitely benefit from. 
Yeah, just looking, Julia has a ton of really great what she calls wizard zines. We'll link it in the show notes. There's one on HTTP, which is something I struggled with to understand, like network requests and all that. But she does have a bite-sized one on networking. It's definitely, oh my God, there's a pizza on the cover. We definitely (laughs) need to do this. Awesome. All right. Uh, Do you want to transition to shout outs? Yeah. Okay. Emma, what's your shout out? Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to anyone who took the time out of their lives to review my book. So uh, Kent C. Dodds wrote me a wonderful review as in Max Stoiber. Um, Laura Gift was also, uh, she gave me some really great feedback. And uh, Shagoon as well, uh, who created Shocker UI, has given me some amazing pointers as well. So to those four uh, and anyone else who's reviewed my book, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. How about you, Allie? Awesome. I promise I will get around to it. By the time that this episode comes out, <laughs> it's on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is episode four of the new season. So that means that you have approximately four weeks to do it. Yes. That's a good amount of time. Mine is for Lara Hogan's book, Resilient Management. I've decided that I want to pursue engineering management as the next phase in my career and kind of the medium term future. I really like seeing people grow and working with people to me is more rewarding than working with computers at this point. And this book is incredible. It has so much actionable advice and so many boilerplates for conversations with people. And I think it's just incredible. It's really quick. You can move through it super fast. And I'm just really, really enjoying it. So highly recommend. Awesome. I'm going to jump off of Allie's as well and recommend another management book that I've been reading called Radical Candor. Um, I keep on quoting it in various places. And um, I, I've, I've been really enjoying it. It's it's a, it's a pretty easy read. Um, the concepts are... Uh, are easy to understand. Um, I think I just struggle with getting through any kind of management book because I'm like, oh, I need to apply this thing right now. And then I stop reading. And then I pick it up four days later. I'm like, oh, I am on page four. But that's okay. I'll eventually get through the book and it'll be a good time. So let's close this out. If you like this episode, tweet about it. We would love to read your feedback. And because we started this conversation with networking. This week, we're giving away a copy of Julia Evans's Networking Wizard Zine, so be sure to tweet, and we will pick a winner the following Monday. We now have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash ladybugpodcast. This month's Ladybug Book Club book is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Join in on the discussion by joining our Goodreads Book Club page. I think it's a page, a group, book club group. I don't know. Uh, and learn more about our book club, our future book club books uh, this season by visiting our website at ladybug.dev. We post new podcasts every Monday, so make sure you're subscribed to be notified and leave us a review. See you next week. <laughs>